First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. If you find the content Unfound provides informative, please support this podcast at Patreon, PayPal, or YouTube. Jesse Lee Farber was a 29-year-old from Tamaqua, Pennsylvania. He was the father of two and was a creative type. On the night of August 11, 2015, Jesse called his girlfriend, telling her he was on a nearby mountain that coyotes were after him, and to bring guns. The girlfriend and her brother showed up just minutes later, but could not find Jesse. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. As a person who covers and analyzes disappearances as a job, you all probably realize by this point that I have to be a bit more black and white, honest and cynical than all of you. No different than when an accountant says you can't deduct for tax purposes all that money you spend on your dog when you think you can. For me, that sometimes means I have to be truthful when I say that the missing people were lying near the times of their disappearances, even though many of you might not be so hardcore. This is a lot different, of course, than not believing suspects. Some unfound examples. Tyler North. Yes, he told his sister he was going home, but we now know that was a lie. Allie Lowitzer. My opinion is that she surely was not going to pick up her check that day. Evelyn Piper. She was surely not going to Israel to get married. Well, with Jesse Farber, you're going to once again be asked to analyze what a missing person said, both in part and in whole. How do we go about determining the truth of famous last words? And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lainez's website, charlieproject.org. Jesse Farber, in contrast to the circumstances of his disappearance, was a pretty low-drama guy. He didn't have many run-ins with the law. Jesse was exclusive with the same woman for many years, right up to the day of his disappearance. He was a dad who was always there for his kids. And despite Tamaqua being far from everywhere, Jesse and his girlfriend had plans to get out to see the rest of the world and what it had to offer. However, in the weeks leading up to his disappearance, Jesse started losing money somehow. And he missed the two days of work before his disappearance. So, on August 11th, 2015, the second day in which Jesse missed work, 
That afternoon, a friend of his saw Jesse walking from his grandparents' house into Tamaqua, although they did not acknowledge each other. The belief is that Jesse was going to meet someone who owed him money. However, that night, Jesse called his girlfriend Rachel, saying that he was on Sharp Mountain on the outskirts of town, that coyotes were after him and for her to bring guns. Immediately, Rachel and her brother drove to where Jesse said he was. However, the two found no signs of Jesse. He was never seen again. Searches of the area eventually yielded a pair of boots and a bag. But to this day, there is a disagreement as to whether the items are Jesse's or not. I realize that none of you will really believe that coyotes were after Jesse. However, does this then undermine the additional information that Jesse was where he said he was? Contemplate how much of his phone call can be believed as you also try to answer these three questions during the interview. Number one, Jesse really wasn't paying his younger brother back for beer and cigarettes, was he? Number two, why would Jesse accept a more prominent position at his job than turn around and not show up a couple weeks later? And number three, Jesse's family says the bag that was found was his. His girlfriend disagrees. Who do you believe? The people who love Jesse the most are split on their beliefs as to what happened to him. The guest for this episode is Jesse's girlfriend, Rachel Carroll. Unfound News. Dr. Telesco and I had a great but sad time talking about the murder of Tyler North this past Thursday, September 14th. If you missed it, please find her show on the Fischler College of Education and School of Criminal Justice channel on YouTube. And dang it, please subscribe. Next, this coming Wednesday morning, I'll be appearing on the campus of Florida Southern College in Lakeland, Florida, to speak to students about disappearances. It's been a while. I hope I haven't lost my shtick. Finally, Steve Pankey wrote me another letter. If you'd like to hear what he said, please subscribe to the Unfound Live podcast, which is available on the app you're using right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, the girlfriend of Jesse Farber, Rachel Carroll. Rachel, welcome to Unfound. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, let's start here, of course, as you've been introduced, uh, Jesse's girlfriend. What can you say? Uh, we'll get a little, maybe into a little later of, you know, why I'm talking to you and the work you've personally been doing, why you've devoted 
you know, a large portion of your life to finding out what happened to Jesse. But what do you know about Jesse's family? Brothers, sisters, parents, and, uh, you know, maybe, of course, also how did you and Jesse meet? Let's talk about all that right now. What would you like to say? Um, uh, about his family, he has uh, three half-brothers. He has uh, one half-sister. Um, his father was in his, in his life in and out, um, but he didn't live or he didn't see them all the time. They weren't like in his life on a regular basis. Okay. Would you say, uh, you know, of course, uh, what, how did you and Jesse meet? Maybe let's go to that and then we'll go back to that a little bit. How did you two meet? Um, we met through a mutual friend when we were like teenagers. So I knew Jesse for quite a while before we ever got, even got into a relationship. Mm -hmm. And was this like uh, love at first sight or did it take a little time or what? It, it took time. Um, like I said, we were actually just really good friends. Um, we were really close and we helped each other like with different things going on in our lives at that time. Like we were so young, we did all kinds of different things that kids do. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'd say we were friends for a couple of years and then we decided to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about like maybe like early 2000s is when you two first met because he was of course 29 when he went missing in 2015. So teenagers, early 2000s? Um, I'd have to think. I, I think I was like 15 when I met Jesse. So that would put it at somewhere in the early 2000s. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he, he, is he a little older than you? Same age or, or what? Yeah, he's almost four years older than oh, me. Okay, almost four years. So you were 25 when he went missing. Yes. Okay, very good. Did you uh, two uh, live near each other or or not or, or, or what? During our, like, before we yeah. were in a relationship? Sure. Um, he kind of moved around. I know he moved around a lot as a child, and uh, but... When we were teenagers, he was kind of staying at different places all the time. So we, mm -hmm. in, in Tamaqua, that is, that's where I lived. And he just kind of went to different houses that he was staying at um, with friends and everything. So we didn't really have a, a certain place that he was staying at that time. But we were both in Tamaqua. Okay. So it wasn't like he's, of course, uh, being four years older, you wouldn't really have been going to school or even if you were going to the same school or something. It was nothing like that being that. You know, he's four years older. Weren't in the same classes yeah. together or anything like that. Okay. No. All right. And uh, when you two ended up being a uh, becoming a couple, uh, approximately what year was that? I would say 2007. 2007, 2008. Okay. And how, during that time, of course, you know, that was like seven, eight years before he went missing. How well did you get to know his family? Did you go to like to, is this something like he introduced you to them or did you see him in, any get-togethers, how would you say those years were in regards to um, you and him and his family? Um, good. Um, I uh, knew his grandparents. They were always uh, help, wanting to help with our children and stuff like that, and they lived close to us. Um, as for his brothers and sisters, he would see them, I would say, like every couple of months. They were either like in school and they didn't live around here. Um, but we would see them when they would come to the, the kids' birthday parties and we'd see them around holidays. 
Um, I've met his father a few times, and he lived in Andres, which is a place where Jesse first started living, like, when he was really young, and he adored it out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I've met, I got along really good with his cousin um, that was, like, a brother to him, Um, his mother, Carla. Um, Yeah, I was okay. Sorry. It's all right. All right, so you got to know quite a, I mean, of course, together those years, you got to see a lot of people in his family. Right. Okay. Yeah, and we got along good. All right. And you, yeah. and you mentioned uh, you have some kids together. Of course, we don't need to get into their names or anything, but how many kids and uh, how old, you know, what years were they born? Um, we have two children together. Our son was born in 2009, and our daughter was born in 2014. All right, so one well before he went missing, and then the other just a year before he went missing. Yeah, she was still really young. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what kind of father was uh, uh, Jesse? Of course, you, you know, he had one child that was like six at the time of his disappearance. What can you say about that? Um, he was a great father. Uh, he was nervous, of course, when we found out we were going to have a baby, but he did great. Um, he was the kind of dad that was um, involved in everything. Like, he helped me give them baths. He got up in the middle of the night when they were newborns, you know, changed diapers. Um, he was very involved in uh, sports that my son attended and different, you know, activities. He was always there for that. He was there for first days of school, um, you know, staying up late to wrap Christmas presents. Huh. Everything you can imagine, he was he was involved in their lives. He was a great father. Okay, very good. What would you say about Jesse himself? Um, maybe some of those qualities that attracted you to him, that you decided uh, to be a couple, to have two children together. What are the, some of those qualities you think about regarding him um well he was the kind of person when we were friends where he could make friends with anybody um he had this uh, sense of humor that was his own uh he was very funny um like i said he could make friends with just about anybody he was very smart uh and he had this loyalty in our friendship that you don't really see anymore like it doesn't exist in the world anymore um like I said, I was able to talk to him about things even before a relationship and, and same with him, where we helped each other through, you know, just issues of being a teenager, basically. Mm-hmm. And that continued on. And I would say that that is probably what I love the most about him is that, you know, we were always there for each other and we never had to doubt each other. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Very neat. Uh, you two lived together? Yes. You did? Okay, like most of the time that you were a couple, we'll get, you know, yes, we'll get into like time. near the, you know, toward the near, we're going to get into like the time, like right before he went missing, but back then, 2008, 9, 10, 11, uh, living together. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, what was uh, Jesse into? What was, uh, you know, outside, of course, uh, being with you, being a father, what were some of his interests? Um, he he's always been an outdoor kind of person. Anything that had to do with the outdoors, which we both were, was both were our main thing that we love to do, spend time outside. Um, he loved to camping, hiking, uh, going four wheeling, fishing, hunting, or if we just went out to have a fire. 
mm-hmm. uh, anything outdoors. He loved to cook. That was one of the one of his things he loved to do. Huh. Uh, he was really creative as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he before he went missing, he was uh, doing a project for the company Event Help, where he designed uh, something and sent it into them, and that they were in the process of like creating it and all that stuff. So he was very creative. Um, he did a lot of different things that we, you know, he was great. Okay. And uh, I know that you two, um, <clears throat> this may, you know, become an issue a little later, but you two actually, I don't know if you worked together, but you worked at the same place together. Is that right? Yeah, we did. He started a few months before he went missing. I actually got him a job there Okay. Ivy's Dairy. Okay. And what kind of jo- other jobs did he have while you two were together? Um, before the liveies, he worked at a few places that were kind of like factory-type places. Um, at, when he was younger than that, though, he did a lot of, like, construction jobs. He knew how to do all that kind of stuff, roofs, uh, you know, anything installing stuff. He, he could do masonry work. So he was good with all that stuff also. Okay. Very good. All right, so you have two children together, 2009 to 2014, living together, kind of uh, working together at least at the same place. And maybe we should go back to that. So you worked at the same place, but different shifts or something? Or, or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I, worked, I worked like first shift. I had to start at 5 a.m. And then I basically worked. There wasn't like a set time. Um, I just started at the same time every day. But we would work until it was finished for the day, and his job came in after that. Uh, it was basically like a second shift, but basically he started when we finished. Like in where I worked, we'd make the ice cream, and then oh. it would go into the freezer, and it was his job to palletize it and organize it all after it was made that day. Working with ice cream, that sounds like the kind of job I would like, Rachel. <laughs> it was. It was fun. <laughs> I accept that these days in my fifties, I'm becoming lactose intolerant, so maybe not. That wouldn't be as good. Did you make any lactose-free uh, ice cream there, Rachel? Oh yeah, you did. Yep. You would Yep. You wouldn't believe the different stuff. We actually made cat ice cream one time in there. Cat ice. Yes, cat ice cream. Oh ice my cream goodness. For a, a cat. Oh, that is spectacular. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I would have. Maybe uh, I would have uh, made it there then. Lactose and Lactose intolerance ice cream. That would be spectacular. Okay. So, all right. So, all this is going on. And, you know, overall, uh, of course, you had two children with them, five years, you know, together that whole time. Or, if I may ask, any, like, breakups, get back togethers, or what? Um. Yeah, there was, a, you know, here and there, there was, like, little disputes. It was never anything major where... Uh, he might go, I know he was staying at his grandparents in town the one time, and I honestly can't even remember what the, what, what was wrong at that, like what the argument was about or, or whatever, but it didn't last very long. That's usually how it went. If we had ever had any, um, issues, we got over it pretty quickly. Um, but for the most part, we lived together even when, uh, we didn't have when uh, we didn't have our own apartment yet. When I just had my son, we both lived together at my mother's house, and until we could able, we were able to get on our feet and get our own place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say most of the time we always had our own place, or we were staying at my mother's. 
Okay. And maybe I should ask that. What did your family think about Jesse? Uh, my family adores him as well. We consider him family. And um, he would call, you know, my siblings, his siblings. And my, my siblings were extremely close to him because they were younger than me. And so they kind of, you know, they looked up to him too as a brother. Um, and they're always with me in the searches. Uh, my family always shows up. So it's affected everybody in my family. Okay. They all got to, they all grew to know him because he was living with us, you know. Okay. So there's nobody kind of saying, well, you know, Jesse's not good for you, anything like that. They thought very highly of Jesse. Yeah, they all love him. Okay. Let's move on uh, to some of these issues that uh, are going to, I think, play a role here when it comes to talking about his disappearance. First, his mental health. Um, of course, you knew him probably better than anyone living with him, having two children with him, knowing him better than his own family, his own parents, because, you know, you were around him quite a bit. And I right. think that that would be the way for any, any couple of any type. Um, what can you say about his mental health? Maybe going back to the 2000s up until 2015, did he have a lot of mental health issues, depression? You know, what can you say about that? I would say no. Um, I never seen any signs of like any kind of mental health issues. I mean, he hmm. had anything that any normal person would like if we were struggling with a bill or something like that. But he didn't have um, any kind of serious mental health issues or depression or hmm. anything like that. No kind of bipolar dis disorder or schizophrenia or e even just, you know, run I guess run of the mill, dare I say, depression you know, long-term, anything like that? Not not that I've seen. Not you ever saw. For example, did he ever, like, uh, hallucinate or anything like that? Ever paranoid? Once again, we'll talk about the actual day of the disappearance. But going back to, like, around when you had your first child, you know, that time, anything? No, nothing like that, no. Nothing at all. Okay. No. Mo moving on. Uh, we got to talk about it. I don't know how much we need to talk about it, but what about um, addictions? What do you know? You know, once again, you the woman in his life. What can you say about that? Um, well, before um, we were in a relationship, uh, he would we both would do you know normal teenage stuff. Uh, you know, drinking. Even he smoked weed, um, but there was never an addiction issue. Um, there was never like, he never showed any signs of anything like that. There were, the only thing that ever was weird was when money started disappearing. But even when that was going on, he didn't show any signs of being on any kinds of drugs whatsoever. Like he's, mm -hmm. the way he, the way he, you know, was every day was not, he wasn't showing any signs of, you know, being on any kind of speed or the opposite, like uh, pills where he would sleep all the time or anything mm -hmm. like that. You never, once again, you're living together, you're together, you have two children together all those years, you never found anything uh, like that. Just put it out there. Heroin, meth, cocaine, no. anything in his clothes, hidden anywhere, anything. Any place that you no. two ever lived together, ever. No, because I would definitely bring that up to him if, mm -hmm. if, that, if I thought that, or if I like suspected anything, I would definitely have brought that up. 
Okay. Anything that might uh, come maybe kind of go under the radar, like, of course, we, we know many people these days don't even have to do illegal drugs to become addicted, like prescription, overdoing prescription drugs like opioids. You ever see anything like that? No, I did not. No, zero. No. Okay. Very good. Moving on, you've already kind of brought this up. Uh, we have to talk about it, and I, I think it's important to put this in, in the time frame of his disappearance, but you've already mentioned this thing about money. When did this, you know, maybe we need to first understand what was being that you two were a couple, you have children together, so hopefully people both paying for things that the kids need. Uh, what was usually the way you and he handled the, the money situation, the money you earned, the money he earned, and how it went toward the things you need to, to buy for your children or, or otherwise? How did you usually handle that? Well, we didn't. Um, well, I know a lot of couples like try to split it 50-50, but we were actually really good with you know paying stuff, and we weren't like, oh, well, you owe this half. Uh, I'm not paying this half. It was never like that with us. We were really good at working together with that. Like, For example, if I got paid one week more than he that he would have got, I would have covered, you know, what we would have needed, you know, uh, food or anything and vice versa. He would do the same thing if, if it was better on his end that week. Mm -hmm. Would you say then that, uh, you know, it was pretty smooth those years, pretty smooth. You were kind of like had a system with all of this. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Like expectations, you know, from week to week about, how much he would be making, how much you would be making, and where the money needed to go, things like that. Yeah. Okay. When did it start, though, the way you remember it, uh, that things maybe seemed to not go the way they've been going? What is your first memory of that? Maybe you explain that, can explain that to the audience. I would say that it started happening in 2000, <clears throat> excuse me, late 2013 where um, there would be like hunks of many, uh, money missing, whether it would be, uh, you know, $200 uh, here and there. And I did ask him about that, and he would say that, you know, either I lost it. It was a lot of times that he lost it. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, one time he said that he lost his wallet, which had his entire paycheck in it. So it was a couple hundred, like it was a lot more than just 200 And... Um, I'm for the most, you know, for a while, I gave him the benefit of the doubt because I wasn't, I didn't want to accuse him that anything, because nothing, <clears throat> excuse me, seemingly was going on otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't seem like there was anything I should be worried about, so I did give him the benefit of the doubt, but as time went on, it just, it just kept happening. So I would start to say, like, what's going on? And, mm -hmm. um, we would, you know, talk about it or whatever, and, but I never would get a straight answer from him about where this money was actually going. Okay. So what the way, once again, the way you remember it, and we realize we're going back over eight years, you're, you're thinking this started kind of like a year and a half before he went missing. Of course, he went missing in August of 2015, but you're going back to like December of 2013. Right. Yeah. Okay. Can you think back of anything going on at the time? Did his did he change jobs? Was there something else that was going on with him? Now that you look back, maybe something maybe you ignored at the time, that you look back now and say, maybe it could have been that. Anything that pops out now in retrospect? 
Um, he was switching jobs. I remember he started a job at this place called Elk Lighting, and a lot of people, I knew a lot of people there that, well, after the fact that he went missing and told me some weird stuff was going on there. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, but um, I often wondered, it, was there something going on there with him that mm-hmm. he didn't tell me about? Did that have something to do with it? Someone maybe at his job? I, I still never was able to pinpoint who or exactly what he was doing with, with this money, but that's something I considered. Okay. When you say weird, we, I, I don't know how much we want to get into that deeply, but when you say weird, what do you mean? Just give an example, please. Um, I heard that somebody was working up there that was uh, kind of tricking people into taking their money. Uh, I'm not sure how true that is, but hmm. that's that's one thing I heard. I'm not sure if it was like a gambling thing or if it was, had to do with drugs or I'm not sure what it even had to had to do mm. with, but that was one thing that I heard. Okay. When we were talking about money, uh, you know, we're not here to get into how much people money make or anything, but would you say from just like a monthly basis, how much money would you say was miss- missing on a monthly basis as best you can tell starting in 2014? How much money per month? Um, I'd have to think about this a second. Um, I would say it didn't, it didn't happen as often as like every paycheck. So mm-hmm. I would say, and it was always different amounts. So like I said, like one, one month it would be just 200 bucks, but then another mm-hmm. month it was his entire paycheck. So, I mean, all in all, I basically looked at the, you know, the number that it, it built mm-hmm. up to, which ended up being like definitely a well over a thousand dollars, if not 2000, just in that small amount of time. Wow. Okay. And at that time, how much, how much were, were, were you were two were living together at the time? Yeah. Okay. And how much time would he have had? Once again, if we're to think that, was it a gambling issue? Was it a drug issue? But you were seeing him quite a bit though, right? Yeah, that's the part that doesn't make sense either because there was never mm-hmm. nothing that, that kind of would make me think, oh, well, he, he's. He went off and did this. He said he was going to do that. He never did that kind of stuff, you know, and we even worked together at the same place. So mm-hmm. I can't remember one time that he said, I'm going to go hang out with my friends and, and disappeared for a couple hours or anything that would give me uh, like a, an idea that he was up to something. There was never like a situation with that. Like he worked, I worked, and mm-hmm. we were with the kids and took care of our kids. That's what makes this whole situation so weird. Okay. I guess what we're also saying is it's being that he had so much going on, it wasn't like this, dare I say, uh, it wasn't like this money was going to another woman, for example. There's just no time. Right. Okay. Uh, so when you would bring him up with him, you know, he came up with all these excuses, uh, wallet missing, uh, etc. Was this a situation where you're actually getting paychecks or was there like direct deposit? Did you two have a bank together? What did you do with your money? Well, in the beginning, uh, when this first started happening um, at the other company, I know he was getting like written paid or, you know, just a normal paycheck that he'd have to go get cashed. When he started working at Libby's, uh, we both got direct deposit. He had his own account. I had my own account. 
Okay. And during that time, if I can ask, did he ever, when he would come up with, did he ever get on, you know, everybody can do their banking online these days, even back then, did he ever show you the account to show you that the money was actually getting deposited or were you just taking his word? Um, I'm pretty sure that like, cause we still got pay stubs in that. So when we would work together to pay our bills, um, we would both know how much we both made for that particular week and you know what we had to pay like we would you know work that all out so i would know what he got paid but i wouldn't know like what he might have taken out of his account but when you look at all that together and you're trying to pay bills and you, and you yeah. figure that in there it, it comes up where when there's money missing you know okay so is it your impression given that this last job had direct deposit so he's getting direct deposit then he was then taking money out of there somehow and not telling you about it? Is that the way you look at it now? Yeah, he would have had to have been doing that, yeah. Okay. And like I said, like when he was just getting it regular paychecks, I guess whatever was happening to his money then, mm -hmm. like he, it was gone before I ever knew, you know, before he even brought it home, basically. Okay. Is... If I can ask, and probably get into this a little later anyway, is this still a mystery here? We're doing this interview on August 26th of 2023. Is this still a bit of a mystery to you? As for the money aspect? Yeah, yes. Um, somewhat. Towards the end of, before he went missing, um, in the beginning he would always say random things, I lost my wallet, that kind of thing. But towards the end he started saying that he owed his brother this money. And I didn't really believe that. Um, his brother even came to talk to me about that. And his brother told me, uh, yeah, Jesse does owe me money. And he said, and I said, well, what could he owe all this money to you for? And he said that, that it was basically years buildup of him lending him money. And I said, well, for what? And he said, just, just normal things like beer and cigarettes. And I said, so he owed you all this money and, that, you know, over a thousand dollars for a beer and cigarettes, how would he rack up a bill like that? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, he said, well, that's what it is. And I, I, I didn't believe it, but that's what they both told me. So mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's actually true, but, um, that's what they said. And that was what they had told me before he went missing. Okay. And we have to remember you're the one who's living with Jesse. So you would be seeing how much, uh, did you realize, I mean, if that's what the brother's going to say, um, did you realize that he was drinking and smoking that much to have to owe somebody else money for that? Is that the way you're, you were around him more than anybody else? Does that seem believable to you given that you were around him more than anybody? No, because he, the brother was implying that this was before, like how I said, like, uh, mm -hmm. Jesse didn't drink or, or do any of that stuff while we were in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So he was implying that this was all from when Jesse was younger too. So that even narrows down even further the time span that he would have needed all this money for beer and cigarettes and just normal living supplies, I guess you could say, like, you know, maybe clothes or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was stupid stuff they mentioned that it really didn't, didn't add up to this money being missing. Uh, all right. So what were, once again, the way you remember it, was this, uh, this conversation happened after Jesse went missing? No, this was not long before he went missing. Oh, not long before he went missing. And so he told you that this was for this stuff. So in like 2015, Jesse's paying him back for 
cigarettes that were smoked and beer that was drank from like 2005. That's yeah, that's basically what they told me. Yeah. Okay, and uh, hold. This is a younger brother. You don't have to mention his name. That this was a younger brother of Jesse's. Yes. And you, how long had you known this brother? Um, I met him. I met him when me and Jesse were still friends. So I met him mm -hmm. before our relationship. Uh, he mm -hmm. was pretty young then. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't say I. What was that? Uh, I, I guess where I'm going with this is so you knew this guy for like ten years, and that only never came up about Jesse giving him money until 2015. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right, listeners will try to figure out, try to de decipher all of that. But like you said, this amounted eventually to like thousands of dollars. Yeah. All right, but once again, you never saw any evidence this is, was going toward gambling or drugs or anything like that. Once again, the way you remember it. Right. Nothing right. that I could figure out that it would have... Okay. That it would have been going to at all. All right, no it wasn't. Nothing. All right, it wasn't like he was going out and spending money like on a new watch, or whatever else. That you might. No. Nothing. Okay. No. It doesn't look like his. Uh, I guess what you would call standard of living. He's saying he's losing his money, but it seemed like the standard of living, whatever he was wearing and doing, all the same. Right. Yeah, he wasn't one of those people that, you know, was big on, uh, I'm going to go shopping and buy myself all this stuff or anything. Like, he, he would buy himself stuff, but he mm. wouldn't excessively spend money either. Okay. So, that wasn't, I knew that wasn't the issue either. Okay. Let's move up to, let's talk about 2015. Um, did this money issue cause a strain on re your relationship? Um, it would when it would come up, but I had a hard time, like I said, like, even though I felt like there was something not right, I, I didn't want to necessarily throw accusations at him when I didn't have any proof of anything going on. Um, I did bring it up when it would happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but otherwise everything else was really well in our relationship and in our lives. Okay. I'm going to maybe go on the money thing for one more moment. Uh, could this have been a situation where really he wasn't missing money? Could it have been a situation where you, dare I say, you had uh, an impression that he was working a lot more than he was? So you thought he was working enough to make, let's just pick out a number, $1,000 over two weeks, but really he was only working enough to make $500 a week. Is that possible? I would have to say no, because like I said, when we would work together to pay our bills, mm -hmm. it was like apparent what we both made, so mm -hmm. we both knew what each other's paychecks were. Okay. All right. So during the course of 2015, uh, other than that, I guess, how what was your impression of how things were going for Jesse in 2015 and the things going on between you two. How are you feeling about all that? Uh, everything was going really well. Uh, he finally got his identification problem sorted out uh, after many years of struggling with that. Um, when he was a child, his, his last name was changed pretty often. And so when he became an adult, he had a problem getting a simple ID, which 
Mm. was hard for him to, get, to apply for jobs. He couldn't get his license. Um, so in 2015, he finally was able, he, he got that sorted out. And he finally got his name back to Jesse Farber in mm-hmm. April of 2015. Prior, he was Jesse Rexford the whole entire time I knew him. Mm. Um, so then after he got that situated, he was able to get his license, which he was thrilled about that. Because for so long, you know, he, he didn't have one. Um, he just got a raise out of, at the job we were working at and a promotion. And like I said, he designed something for that company, Invent Health. And uh, he had already went and met them and, and uh, talked to them about this product he was designing. And he already put money into that. Um, another thing was that we were both looking into college. Uh, we wanted to, you know, better ourselves. We, we didn't want to work at, like, this factory all our life. Uh, we were both looking into uh, different um, things to do in college. He wanted to go for mechanics, and I wanted to go into, like, the X-ray ultrasound field. Um, so everything was going good, and we had planned to get out of the Tamaqua area eventually when we had the money to do so. Um, he wanted to – he had dreams of building uh, – a house for us all from mm-hmm. scratch, but everything, everything was really well. He was very happy, um, at that point. So okay. there was nothing else, anything else, um, off the wall. There was nothing else going on that was odd to me. Okay. And so your relationship was good, even going up to July and August of 2015. Yeah, it was good. Okay. And you two were living together with your children? Yes. In Tamaqua? Yes. Okay. And do both your families like live in that area as well? Very close? Uh, my family does, and his grandparents live right outside Tamaqua. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of his family members, they kind of were scattered in different places. and He didn't see them as often, but we've seen his grandparents all the time. Okay. During the course uh, 2015, anybody who you, you know, friends with, you know, somebody maybe who knew maybe Jesse better than the person knew you, ever come to you and say, you know, I'm a little, you know, you're, of course, seeing Jesse as being fine, except for this money issue that seems to be still unresolved. Other than that, everybody, anybody ever come to you and say, you know, I'm a little concerned about Jesse because of this or because of that. Anything like that? No, nothing like that. Even at work, um, mm-hmm. people were actually thrilled with him, um, bringing him on. Uh, the job that he had wasn't easy, and so a lot mm-hmm. of times people would walk out of that job, and Jesse loved it. And when he got the promotion, he was able to be more in control of it, and everybody there was like fascinated that he was mm-hmm. keeping up with this job because it was such a pain for everybody, basically. So uh, wow. even at work, there wasn't no complaints, you know? Okay. Um, anything else that you can think of? Anything, once again, maybe at the time of time it seemed like nothing, but now, of course, eight years later, during 2015, anything that pops up to you, other once again, in the money that's still a mystery, we'll come back to it, but anything other than that, you know, really caught your attention about Jesse? No, not before his disappearance, there was nothing. Okay. Any, did he ever tell you maybe somebody was after him? Anything like that? Not at all, no. No, zero. Okay. 
So what do you remember uh, about those days leading up? Let's just maybe, you know, of course we know this is eight years ago, but August 8th, August 9th, August 10th, you know, in those days leading up to that, anything, uh, what can you say about those days? You two living together, how much did you see them? What can you say? Well, um, he sort of seen at his grandparents on August 1st, which is when we had the argument about the money. And that came about because his brother came over and told me like what I've already told you about mm -hmm. him loaning money about beer and all that. And uh, I obviously didn't believe that. And so I said that to Jesse and I said, why can't you, you know, just tell me the truth? Why, what's happening that you can't tell me? And he would not, he would not say anything. He wouldn't say there was anything other than what, what they had both said. So we were both angry. He went and stayed at his grams. Um, and then shortly after he started staying there, uh, his attitude totally changed. Um, we would see each other pretty often. Um, we still did stuff together. He still came to the apartment. Um, we talked every day. We texted all day long. I mean, everything was pretty normal aside from the way he was acting. He was acting in a way that I never really seen him act before. I could tell something was wrong, but he just refused to tell me what was going on. Uh, he seemed exhausted, and he seemed like there was something always on his mind. He was quiet, um, depressed even, uh, nervous, and he just was not himself. And how was he doing at work? I mean, were you still seeing him at work? Yeah, I would see him at work. Yeah, I would see him at work when he would come in, and, you know, some days, I mean, I would see him, too, when I would drop the kids off before I went to work with him and pick them up, but I would see him at work, too, mm -hmm. and um, he just seemed, like, you know, quiet and very in his head, if that's, like, the right word, mm -hmm. just not not himself, like, it, like, something was on his mind. Okay. When his brother came over to talk about that money, was that something that you requested or did his brother just show up here, you know, to see you one day? Um, I know that me and his brother talked about, about this whole thing twice. And once it happened a few months earlier, um, and I think the first time I asked him to come over and talk to me about it, but I think the very last time Jesse asked him to come over and talk with me about it. Okay, so once again, uh, he just showed up at your place. I mean, did you, you know, did he say, hey, I want to come over here and talk to you? I mean, was that the only reason you saw his brother, or was there another reason? Um, for that day, when that day, the last time that I spoke to him about that, that was the reason that he came over, yeah. And did you say anything like, well, you know, we have two kids together, and do you think that maybe you could put off him paying you back you know, uh, one-year-olds can be expensive. You know, is there any way you could just forget this for a while? Did you ever make that request to his brother when you spoke to him? Yeah, I tried to talk to him about it. Like, you know, I wasn't uh, screaming at him or anything. I just wanted to figure out what was going on and what, why it was such a big secret. I said, you know, uh, I did explain that to him. I said, you know, we both, we have these bills. We have two kids together, and, and we're trying to, we have plans of doing you know, other things moving on with our lives in different areas. And, uh, like, I don't understand. I basically was like, well, I don't understand. You're saying he owes all this money for these things that can't possibly add up to that amount. I said, you know, if there's something going on, 
I said, I'll help him pay, you know, but I'm not going to do it when I don't even understand what's going on. So I was just trying to basically figure it out. And what was frustrating about it is that it was such a big secret. Okay. And they just they just kept with their with the story of it being for for beer and stuff like that. Did you ever talk to anybody else in Jesse's family about any of this before he went missing? Um, I think I probably brought it up to his aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't. She also thought it was odd, but she didn't really have an answer to it either. Mm-hmm. And what about his grandparents? He went over to stay with them. Did you ever speak to them about it? No, I never brought it up to them. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Jesse's uh, parents, maybe his, his mother or somebody? Uh, no, I, I never talked to his mother, and he didn't really talk to her either. And the father, uh, we seen him every once in like a blue moon. We would go visit him or whatever, but I never uh, talked to them about that. Okay. All right, so something happened right around uh, the beginning of August to the point that he actually moved, you know, went to live with his grandma. That's how, with his grandparents, that was how bad the argument was? Um, basically, I wouldn't say it was really bad. We just weren't mm. getting along about it because, you know, I explained mm. that, like, it, we couldn't come to an agreement. He just wouldn't let me know what was happening. Okay. So he's like, I'm going to go over, you know, and stay over here for now, and like I said, we went on as usual, doing normal things right afterwards. Okay. And that was the way it stayed until he went missing. He never spent the night at your place, the two place you shared ever again. No, he never spent the night, but we spent, you know, days together and stuff like that, doing normal things, uh, mm -hmm. taking my son to soccer, um, anything. He would come over to the apartment to watch the kids so I could get in the shower, uh, he came over because he needed clothes, and I washed all his clothes for him. You know, that everything was was mm -hmm. basically like I had always been, except for that he was staying at his grams. Okay. And most of, would you say most of his clothes and things were left at your place? or I mean, when he did that, how much did he take with him? When he first left, he didn't take much. So I would say, you know, and what, I don't know exactly what day that he told me he needed his clothes, but I washed everything for him and, and folded it up, and then I took him back out to his grand's house. So then that would have been there at his grounds. Okay. Let me ask you this. If he doesn't go missing, uh, what do you think would have happened in your relationship? Um, I wanted him to come back home. I was really worried about him. Uh, I knew something was going on. I didn't think that it was anything to this extent at all. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was something to do with that money and that he just was embarrassed or he didn't want to admit that whatever was really going on with the money or uh, I just think he needed time to like, that's what I was thinking was happening. Like he needed time to like process it or, you know, whatever. But our relationship, our, ugh, sorry, our relationship was still very close. And, you know, we talked as soon as we woke up in the morning, you know, text me goodnight, I love you. How are the kids today? Everything was still the same. Mm -hmm. What did, uh, did any, did you two have any, you know, mutual couples that you'd maybe go out together with? Any friends like that? Um, 
not like that. Uh, we would spend time with, if say we were going to go out and do something, it would usually be, you know, go four-wheeling, and we would go with the same people we always did, uh, like my little brother and friends that we grew up with. It was usually like that same crowd. Did you ever talk to any of them about this money situation? No, I didn't. No. And none of them ever, I guess, voluntarily came to you? No. All right, none of them seemingly had anything to say about Jesse allegedly giving this money to his brother for beer and cigarettes from 10 years before that. No, and I don't think that they, uh, they weren't aware of anything like that going on either. All right, so you never brought that up either. Like, you know, talking to some of your female friends uh, who knew Jesse, did you ever bring it up to any of them and could they offer any insight? Now, like I said, I think the only person that I really asked about, like advice-wise, would probably have been his aunt, mm -hmm. and uh, she thought it was weird also, but but we both didn't really know what to think it was, what was happening. Okay, when you say his aunt, who, is this his mother's sister or his father's sister? Uh, his mother's sister. His mother's sister, okay. Let's move up to August 11th, which is the accepted disappearance date for Jesse. What do you remember about the timeline for that day? And what, first of all, what day of the week is it? Uh, August 11th was on a Tuesday. All right. What, and uh, what was, where was Jesse supposed to be that day? What was he supposed to be doing? Please. Um, on a normal day, and for this time, uh, I would say that, you know, I would take kids to his grand's house in, in the mornings and I dropped them off with either his grandmother or with him and I had to work for five um, and then I would work all day and uh, he would either, you know, have the kids and then uh, when it was his time to come in, either I picked the kids up from him when I was done or I met him at work if he had to come in before I was done and I would pick them up with it from his grandmother, and that was basically a normal day. He would go to work, and then he would be done anywhere around, you know, 10, 11 p.m. Okay, and is that what happened that day? No. All right, what instead happened that day? Um, as for the 11th, he was already in, in Tamaqua. Uh, he asked his grandfather to take him to Tamaqua on the 10th. Um, and he ended up staying over someone's house uh, from the 10th to the 11th. And from what they had told me, he uh, he was there in the morning and that he left, I think, somewhere around 1130. He told them that he was go planning to go to work that day and that he um, was meeting, trying to meet this guy whose girlfriend ripped him off the day before. And this guy had told Jesse that he would return the money and that they would meet. Um, this guy kept changing his location and Jesse was getting frustrated with that. And I think they changed the location about three times. And then the, this guy had said that during the last time that he, that Jesse never showed up and police actually said that they looked at camera footage to see if Jesse showed up to this meeting. And they said that he didn't. So from that point, until there was a sighting of him around seven o'clock. Um, I'm not sure where he was or what he was doing in between that time. Mm -hmm. But about 7.15 p.m., um, a childhood friend of his seen him walking on the S-curves. 
and he was walking from the valley, which would have been out in the valleys where his grandmother lived, and even a little further out from that is where Livy's was. So he was walking from the valley on the S-curves heading toward Tamaqua. Heading like into town? Yes. All right, and everybody should know I am going to do a map video for this because we, we are going to get into some locations I think will help uh, everybody understand this. So this is kind of, uh, as I would say, south of town. He is uh, walking uh, from kind of the outskirts of town. He's walking north into Tamaqua. And once again, we have this story about money, right? And we're going to get into this a little later. So we have this money that's been disappearing since like the, 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 the year before. And now on the day of his disappearance, also, once again, another talk about money. Yeah. And him being ripped off. And we're going to get more into that uh, a little later. On this Tuesday, was Jesse supposed to work? Yes, he was, but he did not ever show up. Okay. Do you know if he ever called in to say he wasn't going to be there? You, of course, were there, right? You were at work. Yes, on Tuesday I went. I was at work, and then, uh, yeah, I went to work on Tuesday. Um, later in the day, though, um, people were messaging me from work saying, you know, Jesse still hasn't come. Do you know where he is? Is, is he going to show up? Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And at that point, Jesse wasn't returning any of my calls or answering any texts or anything. And I just said, you know, I know he was supposed to, and it's unusual for him not to come to work, but I'm mm -hmm. not sure what's happening. All right, so like why he, he's not coming. All right, so he just got this promotion. Everybody's really respecting him from the work, the job that he's doing. Then all of a sudden on this Tuesday, he does what we call no call, no show. Right. All right he also what, did that the day before. He did it the day before on Monday as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, what, what was his work, usual work schedule? What days did he usually have off during the week, Saturday and Sunday? Yeah. All right, so Fridays he's, he's at work. Saturday and Sunday, of course, days off. And then on Monday, he doesn't show up for work. Right. And do you know where he was during that day? Yeah. Um, he was at his grams, and he had our son that day while I worked. And we were talking throughout the day. And the original plan was uh, he was I was going to wait at work for him, and he was going to come to work, and we were going to see each other before he had to start. And uh, I waited for him for a while, and he just didn't show up. So I went to pick up my son then, and I talked to his grandparents, and his grandfather told me that, um, that Jesse had planned on going to work all day, just like he told me, and that literally when they were going to leave, Jesse just decided, I'm not going to work, take me into town. And his grandfather said that he dropped him off at the Burger King in Tamaqua. Um, from there, um, he met up with this girl. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure what time, but I know he met up with this girl and she supposedly stole $80 from Jesse. So, um, then he met up with some other people and they ended up going to the guy's house where he stayed for the mm -hmm. night. And they all said that he was okay. They said he was happy and everything was okay. Um, they did mention that uh, that they were doing drugs that night. Um, this is all there. This, by the way, we should say you didn't find all this out until after he went missing. Yes. All right. Um, so we're just taking these people' words on all this. No, yes. pro no proof of any of this. 
Right. All right, and we're and also just to put an explanational point on it, his grandfather what wasn't bothered that Jesse wasn't going to work that day. Instead, he just wanted to be taken to Burger King. Um, he said that he did think it was weird, uh, and he didn't understand why, but he didn't really question it. Okay. All right, and so he doesn't show up for work Monday. How did you get your child back from Jesse? Uh, uh, he was still at his grandmother's house, so I went and picked him up. Then once Jesse didn't show up to work, I left work and went to his grand's and picked up my son. All right, so also... Jesse did not just he didn't go to work. He just left your the the child you share together uh, at the grandparents, and he went off on his own. Even though technically it's his responsibility, right? Okay, and so then on Tuesday, he also doesn't show up for work, and this is the accepted disappearance day. And we've kind of gone. He's supposed to meet this person who ripped him off, and we have the story about how the person keeps moving, and we'll get more into that in a bit. So you're trying to call him that Tuesday. Is it going right to voicemail? Does it sound like it, the, is the phone ringing at all? What can what can you yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, it was ringing and stuff like that. Um, I called. Um, I called. I called him like all day long. I was texting him and everything because, uh, like I said, I didn't hear from him since the tenth. I didn't know. Then, then I had on my mind that, uh, you know, I was. I know he was in this way where something was bothering him. And then I have people from work calling me, and they're and they're you know complaining to me. And I'm like, I, I can't get a hold of them. I'm trying to get a hold of them, but but yeah, the phone would ring just about every time I would call it. Okay. But he would never answer. He wouldn't answer text, nothing. Okay. And finally, though, and he, you're calling him, texting him, and he's not responding. Then all of a sudden on this Tuesday night, August 11th, you get a call from him, correct? Yes. All right. What time yep. was it? And please detail that, that talk. Okay. So he... Uh, called me at 8.43 p.m., and he was really upset. Um, the first thing he said to me was, bring guns. Uh, he said, I'm in a tree. There are 10 to 11 coyotes after me, and my phone is going to die. And I asked him, well, where, where are you? And he said, the high school mountain. And then he said, no, no, the elementary school mountain. And then he said, no, the high school mountain. So he kept going back and forth. And I said, well, which one? And he said, the high school mountain. Um, and he said, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. And then um, I said, well, where exactly are you? And that's basically when the phone hung up. Um, I tried to call him back immediately. Like there, were, like within seconds, I called him back, and it just went right to voicemail. Didn't ring so, at all? No. So, like, as if he, if he would have dropped the phone or disconnecting it like just hung up on me it would have still rang so it must have either died or literally like broke okay so we have to kind of define a couple things so there's the high school mountain and there's the what the other mountain what's the other mountain uh the elementary school mountain Ele and those so, were named please yeah those are i'm sorry no go ahead please explain what's the difference between both of them um, they were names that, like, me and my friends, including Jesse, called these mountains. Um, the high school mountain's technical name is Shark Mountain. Um, but uh, we called the uh, mountains 
what they were like behind the school, like the mountain mm-hmm. and the high school, it started right behind the high school. So it would mm-hmm. go up behind the high school and then it would go on for a couple miles. And the same thing with the elementary school. And then there's another mountain in Tamaqua that we call the coal mountain. So these names are just what we called them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he says he's at one mountain and this is actually do have names, right? It's, Sh- it's Shark Mountain, right? It's Shark, Yes. Yep, okay, sure. these are just, uh, I guess what I'm saying, the names you gave were kind of just local stuff, local names. Yeah. All right, okay. So he says that he's at one place, then he changes his mind and says he's at another place, then he says, no, no, wait, I'm actually at the high school mountain, behind the high school. Right. All right, and uh, now once again, in the, the map, I'll be able to show everybody. This is kind of like on the west side of town. The, I guess the high school is a little bit on the outskirts. Of Tamaqua. So he says these coyotes are after him. He's in a tree. Bring guns. The the phone goes dead. You try calling him back. It goes right to voicemail. What do you do? Um, I immediately, I, like I said, well, first I tried to call him back. I tried calling him back about three times. There was no answer. So I immediately just went out in my truck. I got a hold of my brother, and we were up on that mountain within a few minutes. Because where my apartment is, it's not far from where the bottom of this mountain is. So we immediately went up and started looking for him. Okay, and this mountain is, uh, is there like a, is this like a hiking area, like where you go to park and there's already trails, or how would you explain it to people who haven't been there? Um, people do go walking up there, but mostly people go up there to ride four-wheelers or trucks, um, people go up there to have fires and different things, and there's usually pretty many people when you do go up there. But it is also a really harsh terrain up there. There's a lot of, I mean, people, it, it used to be coal mines, so there's a lot of stripping pits up there. There's lots of, like, loose gravel that you slide off of. Uh, there's stripping pits that are really deep that are just filled with water. Um, there's holes that, I mean, I later found out after Jesse went missing that these holes I didn't even know exist that are called air shafts and they're literally just straight up and down holes that are hundreds and hundreds of feet deep. It was icy and they're pretty scary to see. All right. So you're up there. Of course, it's dark by this time. It's maybe 9, 930 that night. It's dark. Of course, you have the height, the, the lights of your vehicle. You get up there. You know, I, I, you know, it sounds like a pretty expansive area. You're just kind of like yelling out his name and everything, right? Yeah, we, uh, we drove around in the truck, but we would, uh, we would go a little distance. We would, you know, honk the horn, flash the lights, yell out the window. Then we would turn the truck off. We would listen for a response. We'd get out of the truck, search the area like on foot. And we would do, we kept doing that as we would go through like the mountain. Mm-hmm. Now, there's definitely areas that weren't obviously covered. But, I mean, we covered as much as we could in that time. And we went from, like, you know, not just directly behind the high school, but all the way to, it runs about four miles. So we went, you know, quite quite far all over the area that we could. Okay. And how long did you stay out there before you, uh, uh, to use, a, you know, for lack of a better term, gave up? Um, it was about two and a half hours, and then I called the police, and the police came to my apartment. They met me there, and I explained the situation to them, and they uh, immediately report, like, put him as a missing person. Okay. 
I have to ask, were you thinking, of course, now, you know, you know, he didn't show up for work and all these things. Were, uh, were you thinking maybe this was some sort of prank or what was going through your mind at the time? Of course, he's talking about being in a tree, 10, 11 coyotes, bring guns. I, I think most people would think that this is some sort of prank or something. What were you thinking? I think normally if somebody would call and say that, I probably would have thought that way, but what got me was, like I said, he was scared, and as the call went on, the more and more upset he became until he was crying and yelling into the phone, and, you know, um, and that's what got me, and uh, I was just asked recently, like, well, why why would you think it was safe to, to go up there on your own, and honestly, none of that ever even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that I was scared really about was how scared he was and I literally nothing really I didn't really think of anything other than I have to find him and I literally just thought that it was going to be I'm going to go up there and pick him up and bring him home Mm -hmm. you know I didn't think it was ever going to be anything more than that and you didn't go up there alone you went with your brother correct yes I took my brother here and what was he saying about all this you're up there you're looking for him if you can say what was his your brother's impression of all this um, we were both scared because Jesse was so scared, um, but we we both thought it was just going to be something that, you know, we just got, you know, he got freaked out or, you know, something and we'd pick him up and bring him home and everything was going to be fine. I mean, we were scared, but we didn't think it was anything mm-hmm. like this. Like, we, right. we didn't think anything like this. When you went up there, uh, did you see any, like, cars coming back down from that area? Any other behavior that caught your attention when you went up there? Nope, I didn't see anyone or anything. And okay. usually there is, usually when you go up, you, you do see people coming and going. But on that night there, I didn't see anything. All right, of course it would be so dark. If there was some light off in the distance, you surely would have seen it. Right. Okay. All right, so you get back, police come and uh, take the report and what kind of goes on for the next um, few days. Does the, you know, what goes on? Are you, are you thinking you're going to hear from him again? Uh, do you talk to his family about this the next day? What goes on in those next few days? Uh, yeah, I talked to his family. Actually, when I was on the mountain that night, I called his grandmother and I called his brother. Um, but they just thought that um, they didn't really take it seriously. They just thought that he was off partying and up to no good. And so they didn't, they just thought he was causing like a problem that wasn't necessary. Um, I mean, they took it differently once he was missing, but at that point they didn't they didn't come to help the search that night or anything like that. Um, the first official search for Jesse was on August 13th, where there was a few different search teams that came. Um, there was dog teams, drones. There was a military uh, military helicopter. The state police provided wow. a helicopter. Um, volunteers, quads, um, people driving vehicles. And they searched for a few days, and it was called off, I think it was the 18th that they called it off, because the family said that he'd been seen in the area. So that's when they called off the searches. Okay, and we'll come back to that. 
Let me uh, kind of maybe just take a little interlude for a moment um, before we get into the deeper into some of these things, especially considering, you know, this missing money and he got ripped off and everything. We're going to get into that a little deeper. Why you, Rachel? You know, how long, when did you decide uh, that you were going to be the point person for Jesse's disappearance? Of course, you were the girlfriend. Um, but, you know, I, I will tell you, it doesn't seem like Jesse's family does much media, so why you? Um, I guess it's because I contact and I reach out to anybody and everyone who's willing to listen. Uh, I, I reach out to missing groups, uh, anybody that is, will listen or share like his flyer and a summary of his story. Um, if they're willing to put it out there for me, then that's great. Um, I reach out to podcasts like you and mm -hmm. uh, just to get uh, awareness spread and hopefully to push his case further. Um, anything that or anyone that's willing to help, I'm always open to any trying anything. Okay. So I'm not sure if that, I mean, basically I'm the one that reaches out to people. I'm not sure why the family... They don't, they don't do that. I know his mother did do one podcast, and then I know she did another podcast, which was deleted in less than 24 hours. Um, and other than mm -hmm. that, I, I'm not sure what they, what they have done themselves. You're talking about these, uh, this mysterious Pennsylvania podcast, correct? Yeah, that, uh, that one I told you about, yeah. Right, right. And I, had, I listened to it, yes. Parts of it, anyway. All right, so that's why, and you've uh, and you've been working on this since uh, Jesse went missing. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. All right. Let's now get into some of these things. Um, maybe you can talk about the interactions you had once. Of course, his family figured out that it wasn't he was off just partying or something else. You know, talk about uh, some of those conversations maybe that you had with his grandparents if you had any in those. You know, let's just say this five to seven days after, or any other of his family members, if they could give any insight into any of this. Um, well, his brothers did show up to the searches, but they didn't really, I know the one brother, the one that he supposedly owed the money to, he was on the mountain searching uh, the first two days, I think. And then he said that he got heat exhaustion and then he didn't come back. Uh, the youngest brother was too upset. He didn't come. Uh, Jesse's mother came, but she stayed down at the bottom of the mountain, like where basically like the camp was, like where everybody would meet up and everything. Mm -hmm. She stayed there. She didn't actually go up into the mountain. Um, as for like their opinions on what happened, I'm not really sure what they thought at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know that the, on um, the first day, the August 13th, when they called the search off for the day and it was getting dark and I walked off the mountain and his mother jumped out of a truck at me and started accusing me of murdering Jesse. Yeah, in front of the police and in front wow. of a crowd of people. Wow. Yeah, so that was interesting. I have to um, ask, so uh, I'll just ask this right now. Have the police ever questioned you and Jesse's disappearance? Kind of like, let's just call it a little more of an interrogation. Have they ever done that? And that ends part one of my interview with Jesse Farber's girlfriend, Rachel Carroll.
Please now go to part two where that interview will be concluded and you will get to hear my summation for Jesse's disappearance. Thank you for listening to part one of the disappearance of Jesse Farber.